In this episode of The Full Nerd, GeForce GTX 1060 versus Radeon RX 480. Fight! Also, KB Lake X, Sky Lake X, and the world's largest consumer hard drive. Welcome to The Full Nerd, Episode 5, recorded July 19th, 2016. I'm Gordon Maung with co-host Brad Charkis. Hey, y'all. And PC World Reviews Editor, Elena Yee. Hey, everybody. Behind the camera is Adam Patrick Murray. I'm back. Yay, Adam. Because Dan was, ooh, he was talking smack about you last week. Well, I, I have a question, um, you know, and this one can't come straight from Facebook chat, but I'm going to repurpose it. How big is too big? When it comes to hard drives. Oh, okay. Uh, there is no such thing as too big for hard drives. No such thing. What I, a trick ever, question. Ever. No such thing. I'm gonna, way back when, I'm going to just take you way back. There was a person I was working with. We were standing in the lab, and he had the IBM, because it was IBM, 75 GXP Desk Star. And he was like, man, Gordon, look at this, 75 gigs. What would you ever need... You would never, well, you'd never fill 75 gigs. No one would ever need a hard drive this big. It's crazy. Well, since then, have you filled 75 gigs? Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I, everybody's got like one game. That's two games, maybe at most. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, of course, I bring that up every time I see him when we talk about hard drives. But he's like, but yeah, it's like 75 gigs. Yeah, no, never. You never. Never, never say never. Right? Never I, ever have enough hard drive storage space. Actually, storage space. Th- this this video alone that I'm doing yeah. will be 75 gigs. Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, what what are we talking about today, Gordon? What are we talking about today? The big news, of course, uh, as we are saying, we're going to talk about KBX, uh, KB KB Lake X, Sky Lake X rumors, rumors, mind you. Sorry. We're also going to talk about the world's largest hard drive, which we were just riffing on, making fun of. And the real news, Brad's going to tell us what is up. GeForce GTX 1060 versus, oh, right there it goes right there, oh. RX 480. Bam, right there. That is a fight. Now, that is just like, so what? <laughs> hold, it, hold it up there, Brad. So, Brad. Which one? It's both. 200, oh, this is 240. And this is, how much is this one? Uh, 250, 250 baseline. The Founders Edition I'm holding is $300. Oh, yeah, what? don't don't buy the Founders Edition. Wait, wait. I thought it was so. Uh, the narrative the internet has told me is it is a two hundred and fifty dollar video card that was going to clean the RX four eighty's clock. That's what I well, believed last week. Yes, that is what the forums have been saying. It is indeed a two hundred and fifty dollar card, MSRP. Much like the other Nvidia launches this time around, there's a Founders Edition card. This one right here, which Nvidia makes with the fancy metal shroud and all that jazz, and they're selling it for three hundred bucks. Uh, as opposed to the 1070 and 1080 launches, this is a very limited release. You can only get it from NVIDIA. Oh, yeah. really? And today, yeah, today actually, uh, all the board partners released all their cards too. You can find cards already at 250 bucks from EVGA, Asus, Zotac, so on and so forth. Although I think they're all sold out now. But and yeah, I will, I will correct t- that before the internet comments show up. Asus. But so what, what's the strategy, what is the strategy <laughs> always, with that? What, if you can only, I was like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to run down to the NVIDIA store and go buy one today. That ain't going to happen. So what, what's the strategy of only selling it through NVIDIA? Because they don't want people um, to buy it? Well, this is a more mainstream card. So I think the reason that they uh, typically have the Founders Edition cards, uh, what they said in the past is so it's easier for system boutique builders to uh, validate one card and not rather than a whole bunch of them. Okay. And those boutique builders tend to do expensive systems with like 1070s and 1080s. I don't think they're probably going to do very many with these. So I think there's a reason why, you know, they're kind of backing off, giving EVGA and so forth room to work. Okay. So they're really, it seems like a strategy to, to really give the, the ad and board guys some space to make money and, and, and yeah, survive. Yeah. Well, Which is kind of funny because, you know, this came out today along with all the board partners, uh, AMD's card came out a couple weeks ago, and we've still yet to see any board partner cards from them. There's nothing from Sapphire, nothing from Vision Tech, nothing from XFX, nothing. Why Why do you think that is? I mean, are they just late to the party, or do they, they not think it's going to be something important, or what? Um, they're all coming. Um, Asus, right? Asus <laughs> uh, said that theirs is coming in August. Uh, the guys at Sapphire actually just sent me a little statue. And said, oh. <laughs> hey, you're going to hear more about our Nitro card this very week, actually. We ain't got the card, but 
Take the toy. Yeah. Uh, like so it's coming soon. Meal. My guess would be typically like when uh, video cards come out, you get the reference boards first, right? And then you get like a second wave that has uh, basically the reference board with uh, custom coolers on it. And then uh, a wave after that is like fully custom cards with custom circuit boards, custom power supplies, custom coolers, everything. I wouldn't be surprised if after all the power issues that I ran into with the reference card that they're just kind of bypassing the, uh, you know, the middle step there and just going straight for full custom stuff. And that's why we're seeing the delay. I, I, mean, I haven't followed the, the, the actual supply situation, but are you able to get 480s? I mean, because clearly you can get tons no. of 1060s today, right? Everybody's uh, got them. You could. You can no longer. Oh. Last time I was checking, they're all gone already. You can't really buy anything, especially at MSRP right now from either side. They're both. They're all sold out. So, um, I've been seeing RX 480s go for as high as uh, 300 bucks, even. Which you shouldn't buy. You should wait. <laughs> or just buy. That's so close to a 1070. Wouldn't you just get a 1070 at that point? Those are sold eh. out, too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 1070s are going. It's theoretically for 380 is the MSRP, but they're sold out, too, and they're going for more like 430, 440. So yeah. all these cards are sold out. So is, it, is there really just that much pent-up demand from gamers that have been waiting and waiting for these, these new parts? Or does this point to some kind of yield issue? Like, hey, we only made like, you know, 5,000 you know, chips, and that's all we got from TSMC and whoever, and, and that's it for a few months. Uh, no one said officially. I mean, AMD and NVIDIA both haven't given an official stance on that. But uh, I know, like, if you go to Micro Centers and Best Buys, at least on the 480s launch, there were a ton of them. They just sold real fast, and they haven't really been replenished. So, Huh. So, mm. it, oh, it's, oh, and, <laughs> and of course, so it, whatever it is, good luck buying it, right? Because you can't get a 1070, a 1080, a 480, or a 1060 right now. Yeah, if you can find one, buy it. If it's near MSRP, don't pay the jacked up prices. Just wait a month or two. Like I've been saying since the 10 series launched. So here's the actual question. Between the 480 and the 1060, which one should you buy if you can get your hands on one? That, as always, depends. Um, I put them through their paces. And actually, the 1060 is by far the card that I've tested that uses the least amount of power. It's like super power efficient. AMD's card was running into all these problems. Um, you won't find that with NVIDIA's card. It's great. Um, Performance-wise, the NVIDIA's been saying, hey, the GTS 1060 will beat the 980. It'll beat the 980. You know, it's the 980 killer. Um, and the truth's a little bit more muddled. Sometimes it beats the 980. Sometimes it doesn't. It offers performance roughly on par with the 980. But uh, the RX 480... AMD's card, uh, comes in really, really, really close to it, actually. The uh, 1060 kicks butt in Rise of the Tomb Raider. The RX 480 kicks butt in Hitman. And otherwise, the GTX 1060 is always faster, but it's just a couple frames per second. They're actually pretty close. Right, so you really can't even tell the difference, almost, it sounds like. I mean, Yeah, and uh, when you go up to higher resolutions, uh, the wider memory bandwidth inside the RX 480 makes a difference and it closes the gap even more. And when you're talking about sort of like your general comparison, both cards are, are 1080p, uh, 1920 by 1080 resolution cards, right? You could, you could do really, really good 1440p gaming with both of these cards if you set things too, too high rather than ultra, especially if you had a free sync or G-Sync monitor. Both of these cards just kick serious butt and are totally overkill for 1080p, which is great for a $200 card. Which is why, if you go and read my review today, you'll see at the end, I'll say, yeah, the GTX 1060 is a little bit faster. It's a lot more power efficient. But I think if you're 1080p gaming, it's a smarter buy to pick up the RX 480. Now, because you, you can pick up the 4 gigabyte version for 200 bucks as opposed to 250 and up with the 1060. So you can save 50 bucks and still get essentially the same performance at 1080p. Huh. So, the four, so it sounds like you're recommending for most gamers... Who don't need the larger frame buffer? Four gig, two hundred bucks. Why? Why put out that extra fifty bucks for the ten sixty? Yeah, I mean, if you want a future, you know, want a future proof a bit, you can pick up the uh, GTX ten sixty. It has six gigabytes of memory, so a little bit more memory for two hundred and fifty bucks. You know, again, if you could find them. But the eight gigabyte version of the RX four eighty is actually two hundred and forty bucks, so it's actually a little bit cheaper. So. And you can actually run that uh, with the multi-GPU uh, multi setup, right? Because 1060 won't let you do SLI. Yes, fine point. 1060, no SLI. Right. But wah, wah. you can. You, yeah. Big, Has big there status. been a card before that, that didn't have SLI support? Low. I think very low end. Like 760 Maxwell didn't do 
SLI, I'm sure. Uh, I know the 960 did. Right, 960 had SLI. Uh, When you get down to the really, really low end cards, like the ones you spend under 100 bucks on, those typically didn't have SLI. Of course. That is the first time that I can recollect that a card like this doesn't have an SLI connector. And again, that's because NVIDIA says it's because SLI is for our premium cars. It's for our 1070s and our 1080s. Um, what I think the real reason is because this is 250 bucks, And if you bought two of them, it would kick the crap out of a six to $700 GTX 1080. And NVIDIA clearly doesn't want that. So, Right. So this is a marketing decision. And we yeah. can now create an internet rumor that uh, if you take the card apart, there is an SLI connector hidden inside. Is that true, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> The secret is safe with me. I'm not telling. Yeah, there isn't no, one, so don't take your card apart, Internet. Yeah. People always go for that one, right? There's always <laughs> something. All those rumors of like, hey, there's this hidden inside. You can unlock cores. Do this. Yeah, so, one thing that's cool about both of them is the PCBs are really short. So as you see there, the whole back end is all, you know, shroud and stuff. So we already have uh, Zotex already put out a mini ITX version of this, so. It's going to be exciting to see how this goes with uh, small form factor builds. You know what I wonder sometimes? It's funny because I was looking at a, a GeForce uh, GTX 960 because I did a review on the Alpha Alienware Alpha R2 is right behind us. It's got a 960 in there. It's pretty amazing because it's, you know, the size of, I don't know. It's like 8x8, eight eight, right? It's 8x8x2. Eight, eight by eight by and I was thinking, man, 960 is a giant card. And both those cards, those are giant cards if you really think about it. I almost wonder, like, do they intentionally make them bigger because sort of that 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 crowd where you're going out and you're buying a $200, $250 video card, you think a big video card is more powerful. So we're going to mm-hmm. put on full-on blowers instead of just – you could do those things in, in, in mini cards and they'd probably be fine, right? Well, this is the reference card too. I mean, they got to give EVGA and ASUS and everybody room to play. They got to give Zotac the opportunity to make a mini ITX card that's different from theirs too. So. Right. I think a lot of it is them just trying to back off. Yeah, I, I, I'm just wondering if that, I, and I, it'd be interesting to actually ask gamers who buy cards. If you had a, if you go to the store and you look at the shelf and there's like a little runty, tiny card and you've got the big old card with the two fans on it and they're the same price, do you go for the runty card? Even, the, even if the performance were exactly the same, do you go for the runty card or do you buy the one with the two big-ass fans on it? Well, I mean, but what about for builds where... Uh where you want small form factor, you know, you're trying to make something super small, like well, you would want that, I think especially talking, performance. But other than yeah, that, yeah, I think he's talking about if like, you're just walking up to a shelf on like Fry's or Micro Center and you're just building a normal standard, you know, desktop tower, like which one would you go for? I think you're kind of right. I think the perception is that you would go for like the one with like the honking fans, right? As opposed to like me who likes small form factor builds and would automatically take the smaller one, right? Well, my, just, pers- my personal case is a mid tower. And whenever I stick a small four factor, small form factor thing in there, looking through it, into it, through the window on the side, man, that thing looks so runty and small. I would never buy a small four factor graphics card for my mid tower case. Even if just you knew of the performance, it was exactly the same. You're going to go for the bigger card. It's just funny. Yeah, because it looks right in your system. It doesn't look like something's off balance. It's like a psychological thing. We, we, yeah, and I guess you could just buy, you could sell like aftermarket blowers that are just bigger <laughs> to make them seem more powerful. <laughs> it's like, you know, the Honda Civic guys with the, the four cylinders and, you know, they get the, and the, the gigantic wing and the giant muffler it's kind of like that <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it but it's kind of like that yeah. except you mentioned it anyway does anyone <laughs> does anyone ever intentionally build a loud machine you know you there's plenty of people who want quiet machines maybe there's people who want real loud machines so when you start it up you know you wake the neighbors and you're like yeah I'm it's like the PC muscle games. car yeah, of yeah. like pcs exactly yeah <laughs> yeah I, there used to be a, a crowd that that was into the noise, but I think all of us older people are, have sort of gone <laughs> away from that. So we need a younger person to, to bring that up. So, um, so I want to know. So it's kind of funny. I, it sounds like with the 1060, they shot a little too high in the price because it doesn't sound like it puts down the RX 480 that you would expect it to, right? No, these are both actually very excellent very competitive cards with each other. You wouldn't be upset with either one of them. They're very close in performance. Uh, I was kind of surprised to not see the GTX 1060 perform a little bit better because like uh, when NVIDIA came out with the GTX 1070, they said, hey, this will be the Titan X. And it did across the board. Whereas with this card, uh, they say, yeah, it'll be the GTX 980. And it does in a lot of cases, but it doesn't in all the cases. And that's what gave the RX 480 the chance to come up? And uh, the RX 480, when it had that driver fix to fix the power issue, yeah. it also uh, gave a huge performance increase too. Not huge, you know, three or four percent, but that's just enough to help close that gap even more. And 
they're pretty competitive at 1080p at least. What what about the the software though? Because you know you've got the new cool Ansel and the other. Uh the yeah, Kodak and that just rolled out feature, last week, right? So you got the Kodak moment, and you got the other sort of. Oh, GeForce and what, what about stuff? that uh, that VR Funhouse thing? Oh I yeah, VR Funhouse. Well, that that would work on either one, right? I would hope that's that's just a VR app. Well, it's loaded up. VR Funhouse, for people who don't know, is a virtual reality demo game that where you play in like uh, Funhouse games at a carnival, um, and it's actually it's a blast. You're shooting water cannons, you're shooting flaming arrows, so on and so forth. Uh, but it's loaded up with NVIDIA GameWorks technology, so I think you could run it on an A and B card, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as well on the GTX 1060. Oh, interesting. Huh, okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they just put out Ansel last week, too, which you were talking about. It's like uh, you can pause a game and move the camera throughout a world and position it to take crazy screenshots and stuff like that. That just came out this week with Mirror's Edge, and soon it'll be getting uh, Witcher 3 support, too. So a whole bunch of games coming down the pipeline. NVIDIA has a whole bunch of awesome, cool software. It has, you know, what we were just talking about. GeForce Experience, some people hate on it, but I think it's actually super great. Keep your stuff up to date. Shadowplay is amazing. Right. Whether or not that makes up the price difference is a judgment call for you. I mean, in talking about per, pure performance and pricing, I think at 1080p, the RX 480 is compelling. But if you like super great power efficiency and you like nvidia software i mean it's a very good cause this is not very much more money so you can't lose with either basically right you can't lose with either but 50 bucks is 50 bucks and that gets you nicer case a bigger power supply bigger ssd right my big question is whether or not they'll actually be these cards these gtx 1060s available in mass quantities they're already sold out the GTX 1070 and 1080 uh, launched, and I don't know if it was short supply or high demand, but whatever the case may be, a month later, you still can't buy them. Um, I'm going to be curious to see whether or not you can actually buy these GTX 1060s, and if so, will it be closer to the $250 MSRP or closer to the $300 Founder Edition price? Hmm. Well, yeah. if there's any indication from seeing some of the aftermarket cards coming out for, I think, was 1080, it might actually be close to that 300, but with just like loaded with bells and whistles from, uh, you know, EVGA or whoever. Yep. Because they don't want to really sell it for less money. Although, so I, I got a question as far as performance, not really, one doesn't really win, but you're looking at uh, reference 480 versus reference 1060. Yes, sir. Uh, have you gotten overclocked aftermarket gigantic triple blower versions of either cards yet? No, but I have them on the way and I'll be reviewing them. Hopefully shortly. So the story could change because, I mean, if you get one and these vent- the adding guys are able to overclock the nuts off of these cards, it could sort of change the equation as to which card you should buy from a, a separate. Yeah, d- and there's a big question there because Pascal, the graphics, car- the graphics processor inside the GTX cards, um, overclocks like a champ. Uh, the 1070 and the 1080 could push them both over 2 gigahertz. Uh, the RX 480, we don't really know because it was having all those weird power supply issues. So we're not really sure which was limiting overclocking in the reference cards. We're not really sure how far that can go yet. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens with custom cards. Right. So you could you could potentially change your opinion to say, hey, these overclock 480s are better or these 1060s are clearly kicking the kicking the crap out of the, of the 480. So you should probably buy a... a Indeed, we did something like that uh, with the overclocked 980s versus the uh, AMD Radeon Furies, actually. We compared them, and then a couple months later, new cards came out, price and change, and we re-reviewed a couple of new cards and changed our opinion. Who won, who won on that one? I, I don't remember. Uh, it was, was it NVIDIA won. Yeah, okay. NVIDIA won in that one because uh, the Fury was in very short supply, so the prices were jacked. And, <laughs> and again, they couldn't get any more overclocks out of those 480s, right? So. Yeah. So we'll well, see at the time, that was a Fury, not a 480, but yeah. When uh, when are you going to be doing the overclocks for the 480 now that they've released that driver fix? Um I'm not sure if I'm going to go back and revisit overclocking the reference model specifically, mm. but when I get a custom version in, I'm going to one test, I'm sure it'll come in overclocked to begin with, and two I'll see how far, how much further I can push it. It'll be the same deal with the GTX 1060 as well. Hmm. Okay. Well, so I guess at the moment, pretty much flip a coin. Either you take your 50 bucks and put it somewhere else in your system, or we'll check back in a few weeks, and Brad will give us an update on these newer overclock cards and see who's actually better at that point. They're both great. If you're gaming at 1080p, 60 frames a second, like I said in my review, the RX 480 is only 200 bucks with a 4-gigabyte memory buffer, and it gives you all you need for 60 frames a second ultra at 1080p. If you got... 
you know, a faster monitor or a higher resolution monitor, maybe consider the other ones or the ones with the bigger RAM. But right now, I mean, why spend more if you don't have to? Right. Which is, that is, of course, and I did promise you controversy, and I still think that's controversial because, you know, you have your fanboys on either side that are going <laughs> to, AMD guys are going to say, look, we won because we survived. And the 1060, the NVIDIA guys are going to say, hey, you know, we disagree because, you know, 1060 is better. I can let me toss in one very important thing. I know we're going on forever, but I got to say it. That's considering everything on Windows 10 because the only way that the Radeon RX 480 is equal to the GTX 1060 is with DirectX 12 performance boost in some games. Uh, if you're having Windows 7 or Windows 8, they don't support DirectX 12. You're going to want to get the GTX 1060 because NVIDIA has better DirectX 11 drivers. Okay. And of course, in this age, the vast majority of titles are all DX. Uh, at the 10, moment, yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, did I say 10, 11, right? You did say 10, count. it's 11. DX 11. So, it, mm, <laughs> so, I mean, doesn't that for a practical matter mean it's better to get a 1060? Because we know how slow game developers are to add new features. And eh, well, the RX 480 is, you know, right there with the GTX 1060, just a little bit slower in DirectX 11. But in like Hitman and in Ashes of the Singularity, once they were able to get that extra little oomph from DirectX 12, that's what put them over the hump. Okay. So, eh, huh. we'll see. Soon I'm hoping to test like 20 different games with all kinds of different cards and put this issue to rest. Okay. I think I, we have enough things out now. I, w- I think people are like hoping just tell us what, what's right. Just tell us the right answer. What to buy, Brad? Don't, don't make us think. Just say, buy this card. <laughs> You'll be right. That's, and then that's we can wh- yell about it later. Yeah, we'll yell about it later. <laughs> that's what I count on the internet to tell me is what's right, and then I can yell about it. So, well, although I, we're running out of time because I'm going to get yelled at pretty soon, so I want to move on to our next topic, and that is all the rumors that have been breaking the last week about Skylake X and KB Lake X. Crazy. Now this <clears throat> this has been probably in a lot of the. I'm, I'm going to read probably the number one. Is that rumor. like Broadwell E? Is that like the successor to Broadwell E? Yeah. There. So if I understand this, the the rumor sites, and I, I, I want to give them due credit. Uh, I think it was a benchlife.info, which you have to translate. You have to use a translator to get um, there. They have some leaked slides showing that KB Lake X and Skylake X are coming second half of 2017. And then basically it's the big boy version. It's, it is like Broadwell E. It's like Haswell E. It's the big socket version of our, of Intel CPUs. It's going to use a new socket, LGA 2066, and the, the really interesting, of course, a lot of this is like, yeah, okay, no big news. We expect that there's going to be a big socket. There'll be a little socket. They're saying that the Skylake X will be um, in this big socket, and KB Lake X, which will be the quad core, will also be in the socket. So this has got people saying, does this mean Intel's going to go away from offering you know, two sockets? Because right now you got... 1150, God, I've lost count. 51, 1151. right? 1151. Like, this is 56, 55, 51, right? Thanks, Intel. So you've got 1151 for your small sockets up to quad core only, and then you've got 2011 V3 for up, your, up to your 10 core, 6 to 10 core. So you've got two different in- infrastructures, two different, two different motherboards, two different chipsets. So people are going, hey, they're going to do Skylake X, you know, which is going to be the 10 core count, and they're going to do a KB Lake X, which is going to be the quad core. Maybe Intel's going to close the door on basically the small socket. No more sort of like, like low end, lower end sockets. I don't what, do you, know. what do you guys think? I don't think so. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, just the sheer amount of money that you would be asking people in that lower range to shell out for that same motherboard right. doesn't make any sense for system builders at yeah. all. Um, you're, you're not well, going to get AMD, a $100 board. AMD is unifying all of its stuff around AM4 coming out later this year, although it doesn't have a competitor for Broadwell E or those high end things yet. But right. uh, even Zen's going to be coming out in AM4. Right. Although for AMD, yeah, it's true. I mean, they, they had a weird misadventure with FM1, FM2, FM whatever. AM3 plus. AM3 plus, and I, who can keep track? But AMD also can't really probably support, you know, two different infrastructures. It's just easier for them with their market share to do to do, um, mm-hmm. do one. But you're right. I mean, yeah, AMD's doing one. It is cheaper. They only have to do development for, you know, one Southbridge. They, the, the board vendors only have to have one product. It's probably no fun for motherboard makers to have to have two different chipsets, all these different options. So, I think it would be a lot easier for people building, uh, you know, PCs if they could just say, "Hey, I need an Intel board," rather than "I need Intel blah 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 socket versus blah blah blah." Uh, that being said, isn't uh, the motherboard chipset features like a big selling point for the higher end 
cards, or is that all in the processor itself? Well, I mean, these days are, there ain't much left in the Southbridge. Um, most of it's actually in in the CPU. But I, I think there is, um, according to the leak stories, there is a new <clears throat> platform. It's called Basin Falls X Series Platform. Looking at the leaked slide from Bench Life Benchmark Bench, yeah, BenchLife.info. Sorry, sorry, guys, I screwed up your name. Um, <laughs> there, you know, forty-four PCIe three three point oh lanes. Um, wow, interesting. Yeah, so they're they're saying KB Lake X with up to 112 watts, up to 16 lanes in the PCIe three. Um, other new things is going to be well, it's going to be 10, 10 USB three ports, eight SATA ports. Uh, oh, and the Southbridge has an additional 24 PCIe Gen three lanes. Holy smokes! And a new Intel Fi. So. These are our rumors, so we're just having fun talking we're about them. We're just having fun. These are not confirmed. <laughs> None of it's confirmed, so don't rush out to go buy one or make your build plans based on this. But it is it does look like, to your point, that is a serious chipset. That is a crap load of PCIe lanes. Can you look at 44 in the CPU um, and then another 24 in the South Bridge? That is also a lot of money, a lot of wires to run if you're you're not gonna get that in a $75 ASRock motherboard. Right. Yeah. So that so that does say that, but I mean, you know, the Intel has been going do, doing crazy things. I mean, could they potentially think like, you know what, do we really need to spend all this money so that you can build your $400 build? We'd rather have you buy, build a $700 or $800 PC rather than build a, you know, your El Cheapo. Maybe. I don't know, man. That just totally just, you know, torpedoes the whole come over to PC gaming. You can still, you know, play as many games as you want for super cheap on Steam without having to shell out like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars like all the console gamers say that you have to. I can't imagine that would go over well with certain uh, subreddits. Right. And Lena is representing <laughs> cheap PC builders, clearly, because she is, a, I can tell you, a cheap PC builder. So Lies. Lies. Game deal subreddit. She's, Go there. Never look at She's totally all over those slick deals. Like, hey, check this out. It's uh, awesome price. Well, just because I don't want to pay a lot doesn't mean I'm buying actual cheap parts. You're right. Two it's, different things. It's, it's thrifty. What is it called? Thrifty? Uh, is he is he correct? <laughs> Frugal correct maybe. Frugal. Thrifty. Frugal. There you go. I'm the same way. I spend what I have to and not an inch more. So you're also cheap. See, there's nothing wrong well, with. I cheap. mean, I have like a two thousand dollar PC, but <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know. If I can get a part for two hundred bucks, I won't spend three hundred bucks on it. Okay, let me uh, and I and uh, for people on the internet who don't know the difference between cheap and frugal, I will explain it to you. This is a classic story. I this is somebody I worked with in the nineteen eighties, and she had a friend that was so cheap when they would go to say McDonald's. It may not be McDonald's, but they go to McDonald's, and her friend would say to her, and I'm hoping her friend isn't watching now. I doubt it. <laughs> her friend would say, you want to split on fries? <clears throat> and then she would go, yeah, sure. So they'd get the fries, and then she would start counting the fries out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh, man. Wow. That's cheap. Yeah. Then that is cheap. So that is cheap. <laughs> All right. So frugal is like split fries. Here's a dollar fifty for the three dollar fries. So that's that's being frugal. So you're right. I guess it's unfair to call you guys cheap for building your seventy five dollar motherboard and the free uh, heatsink kind of builds. But you know, I agree with Elena though. I don't think I don't think they're gonna unify. Intel's not gonna unify super high end with t- traditional parts, no matter what this rumor says hmm. or doesn't say. I just don't think it's gonna happen because it doesn't make sense for all the extras that you get. Unless they're really hoping to bring the cost down by selling in volume, but I can't really see that either. Yeah, I can't see them selling because I mean these 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 uh, these X99 V3 these X99 boards they're like they're like three hundred and fifty dollars, right? Some of them are four hundred bucks, so it's hard to see them doing that in a seventy five dollar motherboard. But I will say. And that's where they get their money, right? They get their money from those people who spend 400 bucks on a motherboard. They, they make, don't get money, anywhere yeah. near as much money from a $75 motherboard. Motherboard makers like selling them for $400. But I will say this is not – this has been an internal political battle at Intel for years. And I remember, I remember talking to an Intel you know, executive when they launched um, Ivory Bridge. <clears throat> we were just you – know, like they, they do the Ivory Bridge stick. They talk about the 3D, blah, blah, blah. And then I was just talking to them and say, hey, what's up on the, on the two sockets thing? And he goes, oh, yeah. We're totally going to, at some point, we're gonna we're gonna merge. We're gonna get this hot. This whole he was of the. We don't really need to be selling 
uh, uh, people these zeons, right? We're gonna we're gonna totally cut that off. We're gonna move people onto a single socket eventually. That was his point of view. And then it's funny because it's like I was talking to like somebody else at Intel, and it's like, hey, so and so was saying that you're gonna probably you know move to one socket at some point, eliminate the high end, and he was like, oh hell no, that's never gonna happen. <laughs> so he clearly was in the camp of we need to service high end, high end enthusiasts, you know, power, you know. Those, those people. And he was like, no, we're never going to do that. That's crazy. Cause so I will say even at Intel, people are like, there's, there's different, there's different camps. So I, I, I don't know. You never know. This could happen. You could potentially see uh, reunification of, of Intel. So I don't know. But I, no, you guys I, are doubters. I think it'll happen once all these fancy PCIe lanes and all this other new technology becomes more affordable and becomes, you know, much more mainstream. I think we're just not there yet. Okay, so we got, you know, I, I didn't bring the paper today, but so I'm going to say, oh. I, I, I'm going to say, now this is, we're going to, we'll know in 2017, assuming we are still doing this podcast, you know, willing. Um, <clears throat> I, I think they're going to do it because I think, in, no, no, this is my crazy prediction. I, I, this is not something I hope happens, but I, I think Intel could possibly do this. They could reunify it. They could eliminate the low end. Because Intel has been doing things that they've never done before, and they're acting a little odd lately. So I would say, I think there's actually a good chance, I think there's a good chance they're going to force enthusiasts, if you want to buy quad-core KB Lake X, next year you're going to buy it in a big socket. You're going to buy whatever, the LJ2066. So that, that's my thing. And I will eat my words next year. I have paper, and I will write it down on the paper, and I will eat my words next year. If that doesn't happen. We're, I'm setting the calendar reminder. Just yeah. so you know. All right. It'll pop up a year from now. Remind Gordon to eat his words. I'm, I'm going to do it because I have a paper. I'll write it down. I will eat my words. So. <laughs> I hope you don't get the indigestion. No, no. I have a special paper you, you can eat, so I'm not going to eat real paper. That would Man, that would suck. <laughs> and it's, it's okay. I got some uh, Metamiso you can borrow at my desk. <laughs> Dan has it. that, yes. Well, no, I do too. So, you, yeah, we both. Why do you guys- what are you guys doing in video? Oh, you know, maybe, we, we like to keep we... things regular. You know, <laughs> it's always good to have a regular schedule on both video development and, you know, well, video, video people. You're just stuck in front of those. You're just editing all day. And in the, in the, so that I could see the need for the Metamucil because you never get up. You just like always stuck. At least we get to get up and go to the lab or something. I don't know on occasion. So. All right. So we'll see next year. I will either eat my words. You guys are not committing to your you guys are saying it'll never happen. No. I'm saying it's not happening next year. Okay. All right. All right. But no, you don't want to eat your words. You don't want to, you're, in a, you're not going to make that prediction, no forecast. Okay. Uh, I'm the I'll one that's going to stand. i a piece of paper and eat it. I'm not scared. Okay. All right. We'll see. I in elementary school. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a paste. You know, the paste really oh, yeah. didn't taste bad. And that would explain why we do this for a living, because we ate paste in elementary school. And that's why my breath always smells so good now. <laughs> Minty paste. All right, I'm going to move on to the last topic we're going to talk about, which is I'm going to show you right now. Probably a few people have seen this. I don't know if you guys have. World's largest on the internet. If you can't see this on video, I just, I'm actually making this up because it's all made up and you can't see that I'm making it up. But uh, it is, I am holding in my hand Seagate's brand new Barracuda Pro 10 terabyte drive. This is the world's largest consumer hard drive. That thing is thick looking. Isn't it? It's actually really beautiful. I, it's hard. I don't know if we can get a close-up on this, but man, it's just a beautiful case. I mean, hard drive cases get pretty boring, but this is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's just, silver. It's all silver. It's just like, it's like, man, this is like something you'd want to display in your system. How dense is that? No, it's not bad. <clears throat> not bad. Seven platters. It's not helium-filled. And, you know, the big deal is, um, of course, you're like on the internet and you're going, oh, we've had 10 terabyte drives for a year and a half now. There have been 10 terabyte drives. Uh, WD sells them, you know, through Hitachi, H- HGST, and also Seagate. But <clears throat> those drives are enterprise drives. They're meant for servers. And of course, they charge you um, corporate prices. Those drives, I think it's like 650 for the Seagate drive. It's 730 for the um, WD drive slash HGST. And then this drive, um, I think it's like 540 is the list price. So you might see it for like 4 450 for like high 40, high 400s, I'm guessing. So mm, that's so, not bad. It's not bad. Let me ask you guys this. It's a lot better than that 10 terabyte SSD that popped up a couple 
months ago for like four grand or something like yes. that. Yeah, well, but hard disk drives and SSDs are still totally different, different yeah, so categories. That's an interesting thing I, I was talking to Lane about. It's like, do you, or Brad, do you even care? Like, you guys like, because I mean, some people care about hard drives and some people are like, what? I don't want a damn hard drive. Who cares? Are you guys like moved on from hard drives in your builds? I, I aspire to. It's SSDs are almost to the price where I'm going to start grabbing a bunch of 512 ones and replacing some of uh, my hard drives that I have in my system. Yeah. Uh, that said, 10 terabytes is too much for me because if that thing fails, that's a lot of backup to restore. I prefer mm. to have smaller sli- a bunch of smaller drives than one gigantic drive. Yeah. Of course, and for a small full factor, you've got you could, if you could only put one drive in, that's you know. Yeah, that's golden. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna? Well, yeah, that's right. So if you have a ten terabyte drive, where do you back that up to? I guess your second ten terabyte drive, right? I mean, that's kind of where I would put a drive like this in a NAS, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of, I mean, it's just not practical in terms of you know finances to put everything on SSDs right now. So I still have a NAS at home. That's where I put most of my media. Yeah, that's where I. Ba- that's how I basically serve it to the rest of the household. So do you have a hard drive right in your box that. right now, your system? My actual system, I do, just because, again, I was a little bit on the cheaper side. Because when I built my system, cheap. cheaper, not cheap. Oh, let me count the fries out. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, my, my boot drive isn't that big. I think it's, I'm running off of 240. Oh, for your SSD. Yeah. What's your, so how big is the hard drive in your system? Uh, two terabytes. Okay. What yeah, about you, Brad? Here. Two terabyte? I'm re- two terabyte uh, hard drive for games, mostly. Yeah, and, same here. Uh, 512 gigabyte SSD boot drive. And okay. I just bought another 512 SSD. Yeah, prices are coming down to nice uh, levels for the Four SSDs, yes. Yeah. What about you, Adam? What, what size hard drive are you running? Because you uh, do video at home. I guess at work you've probably got. Yeah, well, at, at home and at work, I mean, I, I have a NAS at home here. Obviously, we have a, a server that we work off of. So, uh, I mean, my but my gaming machine at home, I do have uh, two 512 SSDs. Uh, just so I can the 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 second one I keep my games on uh, and video editing files. So. And no hard drive. Uh, I have a couple then um, two terabyte hard drives I think for backing up mostly. So oh okay. I, I don't really read off of it. Okay, my so like my main gaming box I've got a four and I do you know video editing and photo editing on there. So but I have a four terabyte and a three terabyte in there. So hmm. like for me I would love to have a ten terabyte because then I could just combine all my files and move them onto the ten terabyte drive. So. I well, of course I have an SSD. I think I have a 512 gig. So, but I yeah. But know, if if it fails, you got to back up. You got to restore 10 terabytes worth of stuff. Whereas if you have like four standard two terabyte, five two terabytes, and one fails, and it's like all right, then I got to re- re- restore those five games. Yeah, rather than everything that yeah. I yeah. But you can't if you put them in a RAID configuration. It helps ease some of the pain. Yeah, so the, I'm I'm lazy. So what I would do is I so the SSD gets backed up to the hard drive, and the hard drive one of them gets backed up to the other hard drive, and I'm sort of getting to the point where I've run out of space. Mm. So if I had a ten terabyte, I'd probably toss the three, you know, and I'd I'd back up both of the the I'd use the ten as my backup for the um, uh, the four terabyte drive and my SSD then. In the system. And I, I used to have a NAS. I've gone, I've had nothing but the worst luck with NAS units. So I, yeah. I've kind of given up on them. So Do they just like magically implode when you they touch all, them? They all, I've just found they all seem to die. I don't know what, it's like the power supplies go out usually or the fans start to go out, you know, because they run 24-7 and after about it, you know, you're not, you're not buying high-end Cisco equipment. These things, they give up the ghost and then you're just like, man, now I got to back up my NAS unit. So it kind of sucks. Um, and I used to care a lot more before the uh, rise of like Netflix and Spotify. Like I still have a decent amount of local media, but I've really pretty much stopped now that I can just rent my way into everything for ten bucks a month. Yeah. So it's a much less of a concern for me than it used to be. Not yeah. not with games, but with everything else. So the interesting thing about the Barracuda Pro, which I want to point out, is is when I was talking to Seagate, they're like, "This is a high performance drive," which is like, "What? What's that? A high performance hard drive? <laughs> I, I didn't know there was such a thing. It's it's called an SSD. That's a high performance hard drive, right? But but the, it's a seventy two hundred RPM. It's got a giant cache. It's got two hundred fifty six meg cache, which is wow. You know, it's like, well, it's giant, of course, but you know, if this were nineteen ninety five, that'd be like, woo, but it's not nineteen ninety five anymore. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. And it's, you know, it's actually, it's like I think they're saying two hundred two hundred meg read read speed sequential read. So it's it's like that's as fast as some SSDs, honestly, low end SSDs. So it's yeah, like, it's actually a pretty fast drive. But at the same time, who cares, right? I was like, mm, what you could have done a lower RPM drive, maybe. But do you care about no. it? No. 
Oh, the RPMs definitely matter and something like that. I mean, this is like a unicorn for hard yeah. drives, right? This is like the best, the fastest, so on. So it's the best. I mean, you're not going to make it pokey. Just yeah, I can cheap pokey. out on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between being cheap and being frugal, Gordon. I'm gonna, yeah. You're not going to count on each megabyte fry. in the cash. I'm just holding it again. It's like, that's impressive, though. 10 terabytes in a, in a well, consumer Well, uh, Gordon, real quick, are, are, you, are you willing to eat your words this time and say that you would never be able to fill up that 10 terabytes? No, I, like, I like, can like, fill that up. I, that's not me. You that's, didn't say I that. Would, 10 terabytes. Like, I could take this home. And I'd, I'd I'd back up that three and the seven to it. I'd be like probably almost it'd be like seventy percent capacity. So I would need a second ten terabyte drive. So, but I mean, another thing that's interesting though I'm going to point out is is the is the is the the weird gigabyte um, the the price per capacity right. So this drive ten terabytes at about five fifty five forty or something. It's about thirty seven cents a gigabyte. Hmm. And the largest consumer SSD, Samsung announced a couple weeks ago, four, uh, four terabyte um, A50 Evo, and that is about, no, that's 37 cents. So the, eight, the four terabyte SSD, 37 cents a gigabyte, this is five cents a gigabyte for 10 terabytes. Damn. So. It's still quite a bit of difference there then. Yeah, that's huge, right? So. But then different, you know, technologies still, so. Right. It's different technology. But Elaine and I, were, we got in this argument because I, because she, because I, I couldn't even calculate gigabytes, cent per gigabyte. It's like, what is the point, though, of even using cents per gigabyte? Right? I don't, general, general value. Well, general value, but I can never put a figure to it because it's like, oh, this drive is like, it's five cents a gigabyte. Oh, what does that mean? That's, to me, that's like, some, that's like measuring milk in like drops or something. Like, if you said how much a gallon of milk was, okay, five bucks. But if it's like... Five bucks. <laughs> Welcome to the wow. Bay Area. <laughs> it's a lot more expensive in California than it is in New Hampshire. Dude. Wow. Okay, the wait. cows are massaged every day. <laughs> okay, I wish, let me tell you, Brad, I wish milk was $5 a gallon, okay? Because <laughs> my wife is like, okay, you have to buy, we have to buy the organic milk, right? And then, of course, my daughter is lactose intolerant, at least she claims she is. So, it's six dollars. It's five dollars if I'm lucky for half a gallon. Okay. I, I get angry if I have to pay three dollars. Yeah, but but here's the crazy thing is like we go like we say like cents per gigabyte, right? It's thirty seven cents a gig, five cents a gig. Well it would be like me telling you, hey, milk is like it's fifty cents a pint. <laughs> What's that? I don't know how to understand because I don't buy milk by the pint. I buy it by the terabyte, which is to me like shouldn't just be the terabyte. I was I just saying, know I think eighty bucks for a terabyte. I think it just depends now on what type of storage drive you're talking about. So if we're talking about hard disk drives, and given that the capacity in the, these days are in the terabytes, then yeah, go buy per terabyte. But if we're talking about SSDs, which are still primarily in gigabytes, then you'd go buy that. The only time you would do it gigabyte to gigabyte is if you're trying to compare the two to see how much of a price differential still exists between the two types. Yeah, but I mean, I just can't, when you tell me it's, it's 37 cents a, a gigabyte for four terabyte SSD, I'm like, well, how much is the drive? Like, but if you know, like, if I know it's, it's $1,500, then like, oh, okay, I understand now. Like, so I would well, just think. I think it's just like when people go to the grocery store and they're like looking at a box of crackers or something, like, how much is it per ounce? Oh, I guess this box is more expensive than this other box. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I just want to know the price per. T- I think we've got to move on for the cents per gigabyte because I, whenever I see that, th- and like I think PC Part Picker does that too. But like, I what does that mean? How much is the damn drive? You know, it's just so, sorry. So uh, speaking of price, I was actually going through like slick deals because that's the thing I do. Mm-hmm. See, um, I'm just saying. So <laughs> hey, you want to go get go to McDonald's for lunch, Elena? <laughs> Let's get fries. I don't count out the fries. I just want to know if I can get fries that cost $3 for $1. That's what I care about. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Um, So four terabyte drive right now, hard hard disk drive. You can get it, uh, I think retail is like $150. So you can get, I guess, about 12 uh, terabytes for um, a little cheaper than what this drive is going for. So what you're paying for is having it all consolidated in one. Right. But if you look for a deal, you can actually get 12 terabytes uh, four different or three different four terabyte drives for about three hundred if you get it on a really on a really good sale. Okay, so that's so yeah, it's it's just a lot cheaper to buy smaller capacity drives, right? For now, just, yeah. 
But again, this you're, what you're paying for here is one convenience. Yeah, that convenience. is all consolidated. I mean, there's something to be said for juggling three different hard drives too, because then you're moving your data between three of them, which kind of stinks too. Yeah. And then the the other argument is if you if you have three drives, you've increased your failure points by you know three x. So you have but, three mechanical things that can fail. True. But as Brad was also pointing out, you also have three that you can kind of spread it out in case one of them does <laughs> then bite Then you it. only lose a third of it. Yes, that's true. It's always like, is the glass half full or half empty sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. See, I, God, man, doesn't it feel like it's the 1990s? So much hard drive talk here. So that's just... Some things don't die right away. Oh, you know, I was, the other thing I was going to bring up, dude, so I'm just going to bring this up. I was like looking at a Newegg and they have like generic hard drives you can buy. Like there's no label. It's just and then you read it and White it says box like hard drive. Yeah, it's it's WL. Surprise. And it's like it's like what? And it says like it says generic hard drive. It's like no brand. Is that just like stripped out of like <laughs> existing systems that bit like bit it otherwise? Well, Amazon so I was basics like, hard drive. Yeah, I was like, are these like because it says <laughs> made in Thailand. I was like, what? Who the hell buys a generic hard drive? It's like I'm going to take all of my important memories and put them on a generic hard drive. No name. <laughs> There's no warranty support, I guess. But, Who'd you even ask? <laughs> yeah. And I, I was digging into it a little bit, and I, it turns out that um, I think they're Western Digital Drives, and they're WL, so white label, so they're debranded. Um, so when you return your hard drive to, to Western Digital for warranty, and it turns out there's really nothing wrong with it, or maybe they just replace one part, it works, then they take that drive and they sell it again. It's a refurb hard drive. It's refurb. So it's refurb. Oh, but why take the label off, though? That, does, that still doesn't matter. Well, because they don't want to like, hey, we sold you this thing. We're not going to warranty it, so we're not even going to put our brand on it, right? So, are they are they much cheaper? They're not. It would seem like, I think it was a four, I think a four terabyte drive was pretty reasonable. Like, it was like 150 bucks or something. You can get a brand new one. on Yeah, the so, I mean, <laughs> it's like people who go out and buy stuff on eBay, right? Hey, I got this used thing for 95% of a full brand new retail product, right? So... That sounds like Elena. No, that's that's being cheap. That is not what I do. I want something brand new. Elena, we need to go get some hard drives. Okay, I got these. Oh, what brand are these? They ain't got no brand on them. Ah, well, they're cheaper. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They were five percent cheaper. You guys don't understand like, slick dealing at all, <laughs> at all. Elena's gonna come in and explain how to do the cheap, cheap buying one of these days. No, She's that's no like slick dealing is like when you're like, okay, this one retailer has it for this price, but you can price match it to this other person and apply this coupon. Oh, also, if you turn in these juice boxes, you have this coupon now that you can it's, add to that. And don't forget to mail like in the PC rebate part for the rest of the world for yeah. everything else in the world. It's great. I, I just it. spent four it's hours like to save three dollars. No, yes. it's better than that. Yeah. It's like when you get like back when laser printers were like hundreds of bucks. I got one for like twenty four bucks. And you don't even need that laser nope. printer. <laughs> it was just on sale. That's, I may almost knock this hard drive over. I mean, we haven't reviewed it yet. That would suck. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, you know what? I'm, we're running out of time. We just have a few minutes left, so we're going to move on to our last segment. That was our builders' corner. By the way, I didn't mention it. Builders. We still love hard drives. We're going to do questions from readers. First one is... Uh, well, well, real quick, sorry. I do this every time. Where can people send their questions? Oh, where can know? people... So yeah. people can send questions to thefullnerd at pcworld.com. Thefullnerd, no spaces, no nothing. Just I like it sounds, at pcworld.com. Or they can send it directly to our Twitter feeds, I guess. Brad? Yeah, at Brad Charkis, B-R-A-D-C-H-A-C-O-S. Gordon Ung, at Gordon... Oh, what is my Twitter? At Gordon Ung, at Gordon Ung, <laughs> U-N-G. And Elena? I am at Morphine Ball. Yes. Do you want to? That is a console gaming reference. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Super Metroid, man. Okay. All right. I, I, I wouldn't know. Adam, do you want to put yours out? No, he doesn't want questions. Sure. Adam, Pat Murray, if you want to know all about this video production here, I know we've gotten some questions. So uh, you can find us on Twitter, which we just told you. And of course, send email again, thefullnerd at pcworld.com. First question is, uh, as in tradition of the full nerd, I will mangle everybody's names. I apologize. This is from Muhammad Al-Mizbah. Okay. At Al-Mizbah. Yeah, okay. How long do you think the update circle for the VR headsets will be, and what kind of improvements do you think they will have? Brad? Elena? Anybody? <laughs> I... Once the Oculus Touch controllers come out, I would be surprised if the headsets don't last a year and a half to two years. I won't, it won't be a yearly upgrade for those, I don't think. I got to give it time to mature and 
for people to hit the target. I think it, we'll see the ones that we have now at least for another year, year and a half, two years. Hmm. I would hope so, at least. Yeah, that seems a little optimistic. Cause I, I think it might depend also on how well they sell, unless they're getting yeah. some kind of funding elsewhere so they can just keep pouring money into it. Facebook? Yep. Billions of dollars. Mm, that's true. Valve, mm-hmm. billions of dollars. Adam, you want to make a prognostication? Any opinions? Uh, I mean, you know, we should have asked... Uh, Will Smith when he was on. Oh, uh, we should have, but uh, we didn't have that question. Episode, true. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is is the screens. You know, as soon as they can get higher resolution screens in the the headsets, that's when they, you know, they then jam pack it with the uh, the other updates. But I mean, I still don't see that a couple years. I'm, oh. I'm still. Thinking I, I, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead and finish, and then I'll rebuke you, rebut you. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't think we'll see anything in the next couple of years. Anything new. Okay. Any refreshes, I mean. Brad's going to rebut you now. All right, yes. please, please. Or we're kind of agreeing. I should have let you finish to begin with. <laughs> uh, but the big push right now is that not very many people can afford VR, right? And things like these cards that are coming out now, the whole idea is these cards can drive virtual reality experiences. And if they move the goalposts with high resolutions, that means you need more powerful cards. And I just don't see that happening anytime soon because they need to get everybody on the same page. Yeah, I think, and when Will Smith was here, uh, he was talking about how, hey, the baseline, it was actually good that they had a baseline of 970, because everyone can kind of at least spec to that, even though Gordon thinks that it's not enough, you know, it's it's at least a baseline for people to, to go against, so. Yeah, okay. Well, here's my prediction. I, I think um, you'll probably see a new uh, headset, like, say, from Vibe. I could see it within a year, honestly, because clearly the Vibe is awesome, but... It definitely is not as polished as Oculus, and I think they realize Oculus really is just, you know, they definitely taking weight out of the headset, putting a nicer panel in. You know, the lighthouses, there's lots of stuff that can be done. But Well, and the, in the integrated uh, headphones. Like, I mean, I, I love nice headphones. Right. So I was like, eh, I'd much rather pick my own. Uh, but being able to just swing them down, it's just right. so easy, the convenience of oh, it. Oh, that's... That's all cosmetic stuff, though. I mean, they could change that, and it wouldn't change the underlying specs. True. Yeah, yeah, but I could see them pushing. I mean, if you're HCC, and HCC is just like, you know, wowed everybody with the vibe, right? So they're going to be like, do we want to sit on this for 24 months and let Samsung or, you know, whoever come up and clock us? Or we want to, you know, we're in the lead here. Let's keep running with it. I can imagine HCC's going, we're going to push out a badass update in sooner yeah. than you expect it to, so. Just don't run it at higher res if you know if the panels are higher. So that's my point. So everybody's got an opinion. Nobody knows because we don't work at HTC or, or Facebook slash Oculus. All right, next question. Clearly for Brad, Calvin. Oh, damn. See, I'm going to mess this one up too. <laughs> Calvin Mill, Millet, Calvin Millet, right? Two L's. Looks well, French. Okay. Was rushing the 1060 to the market a ba- a good or bad idea at this point? I don't see this stopping any folks from buying the RX 480. The performance came well under what the average NVIDIA fanboy slash girl was selling. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Well, well, in my heart, I feel I agree. I think they kind of rushed this out to counter the RX 480. There's no proof. I mean, we don't really know that they did rush this and this wasn't planned. Uh, that being said, it'll totally depend on stocks going forward. That's 100% what matters. If they rushed it out just to get it out there so that there's good reviews, so when you're graphics card comparison shopping, that this is here alongside the RX 480, but you can't actually buy them, that sucks. But if you can buy both, I think competition's always a great thing, so we'll have to see. Yeah. How about y'all? What do y'all think? I, You know, I got to say, I, I don't think it was rushed. In fact, you know, honestly, I, th- I think, you know, because, you know, everybody was all excited about RX 480. And then NVIDIA shows up with the 1060 because a lot of people are saying, man, you got 1070, 1080, these great, big, hot, powerful dies. How the hell are you going to be able to push out a low end part? You know, because, you know, this is a new process like that soon. And then I think people were just like, holy smokes, 1060 came out like out of nowhere. Right. There's nobody. <laughs> a funny, a funny story, actually, about the 1060. While we're talking about, you know, seeing how the sausage is being made is t- the weekend before the RX 480 came out, AMD's card, which the reviews for that lifted on, I believe, a Thursday that weekend, like a Saturday or Sunday. I got an email from NVIDIA saying, hey, we're having a last second, uh, you know, meeting Monday night at like nine o'clock at night. You're going to want to tune in. And so, you know, Stopped work, started working again, 9 o'clock at night. You're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're launching this. And one will be at your doorstep tomorrow. And so two days before the RX 480 reviews went out, 
they had dumped these into all the reviewers' hands, but with no working drivers or anything. They're just saying, hey, it's here, guys, faster than 980. So <laughs> Very it's clever. funny watching the PR games in the background. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you're writing a 4X or, 4X or 80 review, and you got this unknown quantity, right? Because the 10 Yeah, I could hold could... it in my hand, but it didn't have any drivers. They just said, it's faster than 980, guys. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, and, you know, Trust I got us. I got to say, you don't rush that out and, like, you don't rush it out. This no. was planned, so... Yeah, this is a it's beautiful card. planned, but I, I will say I, I don't feel like I see as much of that like almost uh, pristine polish that uh, you normally get with an NVIDIA card when they launch. Like I'm a little surprised, Brad, that they didn't actually hit consistently that target of 980 performance that they said they were going to. Because typically when they say something like that, I mean, I mean, they usually pick games that are suited for it, obviously. But it's, it's a pretty like dead on like, okay, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. And the fact that we didn't, we didn't see it in your numbers this time, I do feel like maybe it was not, not necessarily rushed, but maybe just a little bit more ahead of schedule than they had anticipated. Maybe just a smidge. Right. Although, to be fair, I guess 480 was also, everybody expected that to be sort of 980 performance, but it wasn't really either, right? So, True. but Well, that's because they said it would be, and then it wasn't. Hey, I, you know, and this is... I, I, <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, yeah. I got a question. So, like, if you were at the store and you saw a 980, a 480, and a 1060, mm-hmm. and they were, say, if you saw a 980, and you get it, like you buy your buddy's 980 now for $200, would you take the 980 or 480 or a 1060 or just pay the extra for the 1060? Um, It would depend. I know you guys hate me for this, but it's always the answer for PC game. It depends on the resolution and what you're trying to do. Uh, because the okay. 980 does a little bit faster performance in a lot of titles as far as pure frame rates, because it has like more ROPs and so on and so forth. But it only has four gigabytes of RAM. So if you're looking to do VR experiences or maybe dabble in 4K or push some really hard 1440p, I'd maybe go for the 1060, actually, because it has a little bit more RAM. Okay. But it has less memory bit. Get either. They're both good. Yeah, huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and why would you want to buy your buddy's used one? When, you know, yeah, you get a new it. one. Get a new one. And besides, your friends should be like, what are they? Is this a person who's like, Splitting your fries at McDonald's? You got to like, hey, man, you got like a year and a half out of this thing. Sell the thing to me for 150 bucks, right? That, that, at 150, then it's a, it's a different matter, but okay. Uh, I, hey, I'm not going to screw up this one. This is from Reps, Reps Up. Actually, I did screw it up. This is from Reps Up 100. Another Brad question. Does Pascal do async compute on hardware? Uh, and what is async compute for the people who don't know? That's a tricky question because there's a bit of a misconception on the internet about what it actually is because uh, ASIC compute is basically just the ability for a graphics card to separate rendering tasks and shader tasks and run them at the same time so that more of the GPU resources are being used rather than sitting around idle. Um, AMD cards have specific asynchronous compute engines in them that are just dedicated shaders that are used for that. And so that's part of the reason why it's seeing those cards are seeing such big performance jumps in DirectX 12 because they can do more things simultaneously. Uh, NVIDIA's cards also do async compute. People say they don't. They do. They just do it differently. They tend to do it with more software, which is different from AMD's hardware, but it's not, you know, wrong or less or anything like that. And uh, the new Pascal GPUs actually have uh, hardware in there for dynamic load balancing that actually does perform some async compute on a hardware level. They just tend to do more software. It's just like two different approaches to the same problem. And, and didn't, the, didn't the 1060 actually beat the RX 480 in some DX12 async? What you sort of assume they'd have? Yeah, the... The uh, 3D Mark Time Spy just came out this week, which is their DirectX 12 performance benchmark, kind of like their DX12 version of uh, 3D Mark Firestrike, which everyone's been using forever. And the RX 480 and GTX 1060 are actually pretty even, which a lot of people who thought that, you know, the async shaders inside of the RX 480 are surprised to see that. But, I mean, they still do async compute on NVIDIA cards. They just handle it differently. I mean... Okay. They, he's doing a good job of making people think, hey, if it doesn't have this hardware in there, then it's not doing it. That's not true at all. Sure. It's, it's a marketing thing. And the only thing that, that you, you care about is what comes out in there on your screen or VR headset, right? Yeah, what matters is what you see at home. Who cares what you – who cares how it's done as long as it's just what you get. So, Huh, okay. 
Uh, this but yeah, the, the new NVIDIA cards have a mix. They have a little bit of hardware, but they lean more on software. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, this one I can't screw up. This is Ryan Hoffman. Which circumstances warrant staying multi-channel RAM versus increasing RAM capacity by 50% and going single-channel? So it sounds like Ryan is going like, hey, I've got, say, uh, 8 gigs in my machine, so you have like two 4-gig DIMMs, and I can buy from my buddy uh, an 8-gig DIMM or another 4-gig DIMM. Is it worth doing it, it sounds like. And I'm sure his friend is selling it to him for a good price. <laughs> You guys have any opinions I've, on that, or I've never tested that extensively. I don't. I can't speak enough about that. Yeah, yeah. I would actually say you're probably the biggest expert here on that. Oh well, I'll I'll make something up. Then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say it depends on what you're using it for. Um, I got to say the whole uh, you know dual channel, tri channel, quad channel RAM thing is a little overrated. Mm-hmm. There's just very very few applications that are really using all of that memory bandwidth because of the giant caches. I, that's my suspicion in the, in the CPUs. Well, I would say, though, so, like, if you have a machine where you've got, like, 8 gigs and your buddy, you know, at McDonald's, gave, you say, hey, man, uh, I'm going to give you an 8-gig DIMM for half your fries. And you say, okay, I'll take the DIMM. It's actually worth it because if you put that in your system, even though it's not going to be running, you know, dual channel and all the memory, there's some... Times like if you're running Photoshop, where it might be advantageous to have 16 gigs, even though some of it is slower, rather than only having eight gigs and then having to you know hit the hard drive, which I'm sure you're still running right. Um, so there are some times where I, I think it's worth it. So I would probably take the capacity if I if I really did need you know like I couldn't afford I, if I couldn't afford it. In fact, interestingly, that Alienware Alpha behind me, they use a single eight gig SODIMM in there, so they clearly said hey, you know what, we're going to give you a single 8 gig. You could put it in dual channel, but they didn't. They decided to use a single SODIMM, and you know, you really probably can't tell the difference for most people. So I think it's, it's, it's okay for most people. So I'm a total, like I said, I haven't tested RAM much. I just always buy you know, the brands that I trust. I buy the most capacity that I can for the cheapest price that I can because, sure. again, I'm frugal. Right. And I, in the past, <laughs> that's main, you know, one single 8 gigabyte, one single pit, one DIMM. Uh, right now, I'm running 16 gigabytes across four. All okay. in all, I never ever see much. I mean, I use my computer for you know basic work stuff, you know, writing, so on, and so forth, and gaming. And I haven't seen any major differences between those basic, yeah, perform. Right. You know, those yeah. basic tasks. Sure. I, mean, I don't. For, oh, sorry. Um, that's just some anecdotal evidence. Same with anecdotal evidence. I mean. Uh, I've done some testing on laptops, right? And I and there has been some cases where if I have a laptop that is using dual channel, you know, eight gigs of RAM versus one that's using, you know, single channel one, you know, dim, there's like a tiny performance hit sometimes, but it's so minor you don't actually really notice it in your day to day. Like right. I'm using Word, I'm watching a video. Right. It's very it's so minimal that you really only see it in the benchmarks. Yeah, and actually that is the one caveat is that if you are using integrated graphics, um, yes. Yeah. Run as much memory bandwidth, highest clock as you can, because it will matter in, in 3D games, but everything outside of gaming, that memory bandwidth doesn't really kill you that too much these days, interestingly. So it just depends on what you live in. So uh, last question is from someone, a person. Unfortunately, I don't even know his, his name or her name. Well, you don't have a chance to mess it up then. Yeah, I can't mess it up. But this person sent me a, a message on Twitter a long time ago, and I lost it. But I do remember the what the person asked and basically should I replace my power supply as a matter of preventative maintenance to prevent system damage when it dies? So would you basically replace your power supply every couple of years to prevent no. possibly damaging hardware? No power supplies last forever. I mean, before power supplies just pop and kill stuff, you usually see some sort of system instability or weirdness going on, in which case you could kind of figure that out and say, Hey, I might want to think about one. I, w- I would never, buy a preventative power supply well what what if you do gordon's method of uh, saving money and always just getting the the cheapest thing <laughs> don't do that don't do that with yeah. you get it with the case you buy the 40 dollar <laughs> case they give you the power supply no. free so then that you get rid of that power supply and you use your savings on the case to buy an actual like mm. solid you know when you're building an ultra budget supply. build that's i think it's a it's psu a, is the one thing you shouldn't cheap out on 
Yeah, I, I got and I got to say my opinion on this is like I probably would never do it as preventive maintenance, um, but I generally do tend to buy, you know, brand name reliable power supplies. I will say if you are doing the El Cheapo route, then maybe. But even then, I've never seen a power supply smoke and blow components up. I mean, if you guys ever had, I've certainly seen plenty of power supply smoke, but usually it's like, you know, salt power supply out and you're, you know, you're good to go. But I've surprisingly had a motherboard fry on me recently. Still don't know how that happened, uh, but I've never seen a power supply kill anything. Yeah. When they, when they blow up. So it's hmm. pretty rare. Of course, and yeah. that means in your situation, it would probably blow up and destroy your CPU <laughs> and GPU. So yeah, that'd be bad. Oh, uh, I actually have uh, one question. This oh, is uh, coming straight from Facebook Live. Uh, f- I'm gone now. Now it's my turn to mess up the uh, the name Philo Bedoe, something like that. Uh, Ask Gordon, where did you get that canteen? Oh, this is an awesome canteen. They're actually made by Nalgene, so they're and they're BPA free. And what I like about these canteens is they don't they don't. Um, when you put them down, they don't roll off the table like the normal round ones. Hmm. You can get these. God, you used to be able to buy them from REI. You can get it from Amazon. Just look up um, One Quart Nalgene Oasis. I think I was actually looking at this recently. I, it's insane that I was. Oh, wait, actually, I was on Facebook asking that question so I could talk about the can- No. So it's a One Quart Nalgene Oasis Canteen. They come in multiple colors, they're BPA free. And the awesome thing about these over if you buy GI canteens, because you're in, into that kind of thing, they don't taste like plastic. Like those mm. regular canteens, those kind of like surplus ones, mm. they all taste like plastic. Like you know you're drinking plastic. So these are, <laughs> these are awesome. Cool. I know, these ones, these ones you don't know you're drinking plastic. No, it's just it tastes like water. It's awesome. But they're, you know, they're pretty sturdy, and I, you know, I love it. So it's pretty nice. Multiple colors. This one's actually, um, I think Blackhawk sells this color. So. Um, cool. Cool. Well, that is all our time. In fact, my manager just sent me a message saying, Hey, you need to come to this meeting. And I'm not kidding. I did not make that up. He just said, you're late for this meeting already, but we're almost there. So I'm going to do the outro, which goes right here, which I don't know why I said that. That's like saying (laughs) now I'm going to pause. So check back in two weeks for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google play and stitcher. Now, Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ung with Brad Charkas. See y'all. Elena Yee. Later. And Adam Patrick Murray. Peace. See you in a couple weeks. Mm.